Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with John Baker about the role of introversion in meetings, teams, and leadership. John Baker, welcome back to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Hi, great to be back here. Yeah, it's great to have you back. We were just talking, um, and I think it was a little over a month ago that we had our last conversation where we focused on the role of introversion um, within organizations and how how organizations can better maximize and leverage the the unique talents and skills that introverts bring to the table. Um, to make the organization stronger and more competitive. We're going to continue that conversation today, but we're going to zoom in a little bit and we're going to focus on the role of introversion uh, in meetings uh, specifically and really how that connects with teams and how leaders uh, better facilitate those meetings and those team dynamics, uh, understanding that we have different personality types. And we have certainly extroverts, but we have lots of introverts and probably more introverts <laughs> um, and, and people along the spectrum more that direction. And so we need to know how to better manage that and lead that in order to maximize, you know, uh, positive, healthy cultures and, and uh, team dynamics and help our meetings to be more successful. As we get started. Good. Yeah, great. As we get started, John, I just wanted to share your bio with everyone again, in case they didn't catch our last episode. Driven by his desire to expose the talent of quieter business people, John Baker has become known for activating introverts. With his quietly confident attitude to challenges and vision of balanced teams alongside his enthusiasm for action and helping others, John inspires business leaders to take action. Balanced teams allow introverts and extroverts to flourish individually and as a team, improving productivity, creativity, and diversity of thought. His business growth and networking knowledge, uh, where he's written uh, multiple books on the subject, combined, combined with leadership experience, allows John to show leaders how to change their habits and get more from their introverts. He's probably the only speaker who believes you don't need to keep your head above water to succeed. He spends his spare time underwater. Scuba diving has provided fun and many tight spots. Expect diving stories that help you change your thinking about real life issues. And I'm counting on that this time, John. I want to hear a little bit more diving um, in, relation to, in, in relation to our conversation, just because I'm so fascinated by it. And I really have almost no experience myself in relation oh, to, well, we'll have to, to fix diving. That then. I know we, sh- we should fix it. I've done a little bit of snorkeling. I've never done scuba diving. Um, anyways, great to have you back. Uh, before we launch into the conversation, anything else you would like to share by way of background or context? No, I think that's uh, you've done a very good job around the background. Thank you. And the, perhaps the, the context piece I'll just put in there, which is 
where where my, my piece on meetings came from because quite a few people say to me John you've specialized in introversion why have you written a book about meetings and I think that's a good question and the answer to me is is quite simple many of the issues that we talked about last time ones that create issues within organizations really come to a head along with lots of the communication and culture in meetings in businesses and those meetings are generally critical to drive things forwards to make sure everybody's aligned and yet we all know they go badly wrong hence why there's so many jokes about how terrible meetings are so i thought that'd be a really good place to start but also part of the same research showed me that a large amount of the people that are not fully engaged in the meetings guess what are the introverts and then you get to well why not and it's those same behaviors so so it is about exploring behaviors that can change the way we run meetings so they make things happen yeah and we we all have had way too many experiences of going to really uh, ridiculously ineffective meetings <laughs> um and and the amount of time that we spend and the and and frankly the, the amount of time we waste often uh during our workday in these these meetings that just don't accomplish much of anything and so i think it's always important to come back to how do we um how do we run meetings more effectively as a leader an organizational leader how do i lead and facilitate meetings um but also from the from the standpoint of of interpersonal and team dynamics within those meetings and a piece of that of course is the personality piece uh and and the introvert extrovert spectrum and and we we have people that fall all along that that continuum uh and if we want our meetings to be successful we need to involve everybody right uh, not just the loudest um people uh who who are the first to always um share their input uh, so I know that's where all of this came from for you, and, and that's what we're going to dig into um, more today. So as we get started, let's talk a little bit more specifically about um, the difference that we often see uh, within meetings uh, between introverts and extroverts or you know people who fall further along the, the continuum on sure. either side. Uh, and then we can get more into the mechanics of, of what an effective team meeting will actually look like. Okay, so I think one of the first things most people that run businesses, run meetings, have said to me when I've stopped and chat to them, I'm sure it's the same with you, John, is that every meeting they've got, every team they've ever managed has got three or four people that just never, ever shut up. And equally, two or three that never speak up. And they've never actually connected the fact that, well, if I could dealt with those, these one would speak up more. And again, that's really what's playing into this this whole issue. Underpinning this a lot of things is a couple of the, the traits of introversion, which we spoke of last time. So number one is this introverts tend to de-energize when with lots of people. Um, that's why I call the, the people energy just fizzes away like an old mobile phone. The other one is the internal processing versus external processing. So an introvert typically will think to talk, ask a question, thinks for a moment, out come the words. An extrovert will talk to think. So ask a question, words come flying back. They're not necessarily a complete answer because they are in the thought process. Whereas the introvert is silently trying to go, let me come up with the most complete, the most concise, the most well-structured answer I possibly can. The extrovert's coming out with words 
in the process of forming their answer. Now, that's that's all very well until you sit there and get into meetings, because then at that point, open the question up and oomph, the extrovert starts talking. And the introverts, by and large, are not going to bother jumping in at that point. And so, OK, I'll sit quietly. And then you add to some of that some of the other behaviours we often see in meetings where, for example, it's the Monday meeting. What's the purpose of the Monday meeting? It's just the Monday meeting. Don't ask. Um, and everyone troops into a Monday meeting expecting, actually, let's be honest, they don't expect great things because they've been to the Monday meeting for as long as they have and nothing ever happens. But people walk out going, what was that all about? So I think there's a number of things that go on. So first of all, I always sit there and say, why are you having a meeting? If you want to make better meetings, why are you even bothering? If all you really want to do is to tell something, tell something you want to pass information on, in other words, it's one direction, why not put it on an email or even do what we're doing here, just record a short video. Boom, out it goes. Everybody's got exactly the same message. Everybody's saved themselves time. You've saved time. Job done. But no, we insist on pulling everybody into a meeting. Everyone travels. Yeah. They sit there for an hour or two and they're perplexed about what they're meant to do about this. They receive some information and job done. So what's the purpose? If the purpose of the meeting is to get the team together, to get the team to discuss something, whatever the something is, so you can come up with a solution, then you really do want buy-in from the whole team. Because unless you've got everybody contributing, you're going to end up with what many people will call groupthink, where two or three voices steer the direct, steer the meeting or steer the conversation. And everyone goes trotting off in this direction. Great. And everyone feels good. Yeah, we're getting somewhere. It's a bit like times when I've been underwater, where um, there's a particular lake that I often dive in. And there's times when you go that it's crystal clear, but at other points, it's as murky as hell. I have to say, it's got a clay bottom and it just, floats around and now i've got to the point where over the years i've i can jump in and go yeah if i go that way i'll get to the shipwreck but there's times when you kind of think ah oh, yeah right off you go it's that way and you go herring off and everyone feels good because you're heading in the same direction and then you keep going and you miss the shipwreck altogether and you get to the back end of the lake and you go well where are we whereas if you sometimes stop take your time Okay, well, I think it's more that way. Oh, no, there's that rock there. We've got to pass that rock and then we're in the right direction. You take your time and you're going to get to somewhere because you work together. So the first thing I would say is set a purpose, set a clear purpose that everyone understands and only bother with the meeting if you really do want the whole team to discuss matters. And if you want the whole team to discuss matters, then it follows you've got to structure it so they all can. Yeah, yeah. You know, I that seems so obvious. Um, yet it so rarely happens. <laughs> I think I might have mentioned this last time that, you know, the vast majority of the meetings I go to um, don't even send out like they don't even send out an agenda in advance Sweet. at all, let alone, well, you know, the very like... next thing I was going to raise, to be honest, is <laughs> so we come back to this internal external processing thing. And we, we know that we want the quieter ones to speak speak up a bit more, but then we dump a load of information on them and the extroverts, and I always remember back the first ever 
My, it was the first day in my second ever proper job. So it's quite a while ago now. And I was sitting in this, this meeting and I was, I was slightly nervous because it was my first day. But it's about 20 people in this team. And there's three or four that never shut up. And every time the boss asked the question, they would come out with this stuff. At the beginning of the very beginning of the meeting, he had handed around a wadge about an inch, an inch thick piles of paper with, with data on it that we were all meant to be discussing. They hadn't seen the data, but they were still firing answers in. And you got other people were quietly looking through the data and trying to work out what on earth's going on. But their comments had bore no resemblance to the data because they were just in the process of, of talking. So again, if you're going to have people to actually process the information and then speak, get them that information early. So we've always been told, send the agenda out early. It makes sense. Of course it makes sense. But now let's yeah. think about why. Because if you don't, a third of your team, the introverts, ain't going to really have a chance to participate. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it comes back, to, it's connected to your first point as well. If, if you have a clear purpose for the meeting, that will be spelled out in the agenda, right? And so so you, you have a stated purpose and objective, you have, you know, what's going to be discussed in the meeting, and you provide that in advance. And it's a primer, it gives people a chance to think, and to prepare, and then they can come and and you can have a working meeting and get things done. When that doesn't happen, uh, one of two things, well, either the meeting probably doesn't even need to be a meeting, because like you said, it's just a one direction, like sharing information, record a video, send an email, you don't even need to have a meeting. Um, or you end up having something that you intend to be a working meeting that is completely dysfunctional and derailed from the very beginning because people aren't prepared and you only get the vocal ones to speak out immediately and, and you don't have good thinking uh, occurring. And so, it, it, it's so it's not complicated. It really is quite simple, but you have to be committed to it. Uh, you have to be committed to having a clear stated objective and purpose for the meeting, sharing that with your people in part, you know, by having a, a, an agenda in advance so that people can prepare. And that those two things alone, if you can do those two things consistently, it's going to vastly improve um, the quality of your meetings. Uh, and, you, and, and chances are you'll probably cut your meetings in half because you'll realize that there's no point in even holding this meeting. I was actually really mm -hmm. impressed last week because I had, uh, it's, an, it's like a weekly staff meeting um, with this one area that I'm involved with. And we meet, we do, we meet every week at this time. And the, the person's really good at getting an agenda out. Uh, so I, I really appreciate that. This particular um, uh, week, she didn't get the agenda out in advance. And while I would have preferred that she'd done this a little bit sooner, to her credit, she just canceled the meeting. She just said, you know what? Uh, I, sorry, it's my fault. I didn't get this out in advance. I'm just going to send an email. I'll, I'll share some of the wow. things I thought we could talk about. Let's cancel the meeting. Everyone gets an hour back to their day. And I'm like, Brilliant. yay, <laughs> that, that's so rare. Uh, how mm. many, and, and you know, it's, it, it was vulnerable on her part to just admit it. Nobody yeah. thought bad of her that we actually were all very appreciative. Um, but how many times do leaders not want to look weak or unprepared? And so they just plow into a stupid meeting um, that isn't serving any real purpose because they can't just admit that, you know what, they didn't do their due diligence in preparing people in advance. And now they're just wasting everybody's time. 
I've sat through I've sat through so many meetings like that. I'm excited to announce the publication of my new book from HCI Press, The Alchemy of Truly Remarkable Leadership, Ordinary Everyday Actions That Produce Extraordinary Results. Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years. With increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition, the average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. And then the other thing, because you mentioned a moment ago, that, um, you know, that first of all, getting the agenda out will could well cut down the, the amount of meetings you go to. It could also cut down the amount of time in a meeting because if you stick to that agenda, you get rid of a lot of the other nonsense. And that's when I come back to the other piece that I talk about, which is hold back. If you want the quieter ones to speak up, you have to hold back the noisier ones. Now that, again, sounds absolutely obvious. And I'm going to relate it back to a diving story, which is... Uh, which is a, to me is obvious, but it, it wasn't to this person. So there I am under the water, about 30 meters under the water, and we're swimming along across a sandy kind of seabed. Um, and we're, we're, we're in, in Egypt and I'm swimming along with my buddy. And about 20 meters ahead of us, we see this guy and he's lying on the floor of the sea. First thing I thought, a bit odd, a bit of a nothing. But he, then I saw he's alive because he's got, he's waving his arm, he's holding his arm out and he's just, wiggling his fingers up and down, which is very strange. But then we saw what was happening. What he was doing, every time he stopped wiggling his fingers, there's these four lionfish. And they were kind of really interested and they'd creep in another couple of inches and they need to wiggle his fingers and they stay there and they'd, and they'd creep in and creep in like this. And we're just watching this in amazement that that's going on. But as you don't dive, John, there's probably one thing which you don't know about lionfish. They are like, they're the, um, I don't know, they're, 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 they're covered all over in, it's like great big tentacles, really frilly, colorful, um, amazing things to watch. But, and here's the but, all of these frilly fronds around them are poisonous. And what they do, they touch their prey and they immobilize it. And then of course they can deal with it as they wish to. And so here he is, hands outstretched, trying to attract these things to him. It's like, oh, my God, he didn't know what we knew. And so we're having to swim over as fast as we can. Hold back, 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 hold back. And of course, it comes back to the same thing in meetings. If you don't know, if you don't think about it, it's not nearly as obvious, is it? And so if you 
because it's so easy to go along with, oh, well, this is a great idea, these people just talking, great. Why aren't those ones talking? Because there's no space. Because, you know, these, these guys, you're training these people not to bother. Because in, in constantly praising the ones that talk a lot, and this, this happens quite often, brilliant, great idea. So pleased you came out with it really, really quickly. You're praising people to turn to talk rubbish. I mean, there was, there was a session I was listening to the other day, and one person I know was told they should speak up more in meetings. And she said, well, I do when there's something to say. And he said, yeah, the points you make are really, really good, but I need you to speak up more. Well, I've made the points I've come to make. I've made the points that we agreed I was going to make. Well, I need you to speak a lot more. Why? Because unless you're speaking in the meetings, nobody will recognise you. Well, where, you know, where did, where's the logic in that statement? Because all it's doing is it, making it, a cacophony of noise. Yeah, and when it shifts the purpose, what, what's mm. the purpose of the meeting? We have stuff that needs to get done, discussed, whatever, versus the purpose of the meeting is to get noticed by your boss, to, you know, and it becomes this political game. And is that really what we want in our meetings is just to have political one-upsmanship and positioning happening? No, that's not what I want as a leader. I want people to speak when they have something meaningful to say. Uh, I want everyone to feel safe that and that they can contribute and that they're, they're encouraged to contribute. I want it to be a functional and um, meaningful, you know, culture and dynamic within my team and within the meetings that we hold um, so that we, like you said, so we don't have group think so that we can have better thinking so we can be more creative, more innovative, and that we can get things done. I don't want people playing political games in a meeting trying to, to look good and, and make other people look bad or take credit for ideas or like, that's all garbage. Like we don't need to be doing that. It's a complete waste of time and energy. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and so steering away from that stopping people from just talking and talking so the, the whole back thing really is about leaders facilitating meetings taking control of the meeting that's the downside of course if you want a good meeting somebody has to control it and you can't just put people in a room and think good things will happen now option one of course is the boss controls it great wouldn't it be better if you want your whole team to engage more though if you took a step back as the boss and when I want to, because if I'm, if I'm running the meeting as the boss, I've got two things to think about. I've got the process of managing the meeting and I've got to think about the content. But if I took a step back and went, I'm just going to concentrate on the content and get a different team member each time to run the meeting. Now, as a boss, I'm far better off. And each time I've got a different team member engaged, I've got a slightly different style going in the meeting. And you never know what, what you will get is, especially introverts who tend to be very good at facilitating meetings. Introverts are, are great listeners. One of the great uh, points about that is a good listener can listen to that bit of conversation. If they're in charge of the meeting, they okay, let me just summarize that and listen. And because they've listened, introverts tend to be very good at summarizing. Now with that summary, the facilitator or the boss can then go, okay, and move the meeting back into the right direction or move the meeting onto the next step, whatever it might be. But by getting other people to run the meeting, you're going to engage more anyway. You're going to end up with a better result overall, both for you as the boss, because, hey, I can just think about the issues now, as well as the whole team are going to get more engaged. 
So I think I, one of the one of the things that, that works well is that. And one other quick one on the facilitating ones that I've seen some teams use really, really well. One of the issues that's happening now, and I don't know about where you are, John, but in, in the UK, we've now got some teams starting to head back into the office. And so they're in the office for their meeting and you've got the rest of the team still out working from home. And so you've got what I would call a hybrid meeting. And of course, the ones that are out working from home are on, you know, they're, they're not getting as much bandwidth as, as the people in the room because the people in the room can wink at each other, they can pass each other notes and the communication happens a lot faster in the room than between the people remotely, as well as then you've got to stop, they've got to hear you and the transmission thing. One of the things that some teams are doing really well, they've got one facilitator that's concentrating on the overall meeting and one person that's just focusing on the, the eye movements and the, the needs of the people that are remote. And that, that way they can say to the, the co-facilitator, if you like, oh, so-and-so needs to make a point. And then they can structure the meeting around that in a relevant way. I think it's important to go. Hybrid meetings can be really good, but they do put on another layer of complexity. But we can deal with that if we want to make it work. Yeah, and those were both really great uh, suggestions. I would encourage people to to explore. How, you know, sharing the the responsibility for for meeting facilitation sharing you know spreading that around giving people a turn giving people different roles within the team in a meeting um in it and letting them know that in advance so they can prepare for it uh that's that's another really great way to keep people involved it's also a good way to i mean in a sense you're cross functionally training people too because you're helping them think in different ways and involved in different ways in the meetings um which is only a good thing for your team uh, moving forward. It's a good training mechanism as well. And like you said, the, the hybrid team, that's more of a reality. And I have been in some pretty darn horrible hybrid meetings where it's hard to hear. Um, I, it's hard for, you know, if I'm the virtual one, it's hard for me to get a word in edgewise and, and to share something when I do have something to say. Um, and, and just all these dynamics that are really difficult. But if you have someone that's designated as the person responsible and in charge of making sure that the virtual people are engaged and involved. Um, that takes pressure off the, the person running the, the meeting. Uh, now you have, like you said, a co-facilitator, but you, you delegate, you spread it out. You spread out the responsibility. Everyone is more involved. Everyone's more engaged. They're more connected with and bought into the purpose of the meeting and getting, you know, having a productive meeting and it's just a win-win all the way around and across the board um nothing that we've said here today is rocket science it's it's all fairly straightforward um and anyone listening you could do this today you could do this tomorrow your very next meeting um have an agenda have a clear stated purpose assign roles have people prepared in advance uh, like all these things are, are things we should be doing each and every time and if we do it not only will our meetings be better, we're gonna we're gonna waste less time uh, and allow people to do the, their good work. We're gonna have better outcomes from our meetings um, and better thinking in our meetings. And I mean, it's just a no-brainer. We need to be doing this. And if we're not doing it, it's one of the quickest, easiest things we can do to up our leadership currency and to be seen as a a, a really capable leader. Uh, in contrast, one of the quickest, easiest things you can do to undermine your credibility is to run crappy meetings over and over and over again and waste everybody's time. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. 
one other one that I'm just going to quickly add if you've got a moment is uh, what I call it kind of follows on from that hold back thing introverts will process internally extroverts externally so if you fire out a question of course the extroverts are going to jump in there extroverts tend to dislike gaps in the conversation so if the extrovert the introverts going let me think about that dunk, the conversation will get filled so the next thing I often install is what I call not not for every single meeting not for every single question but what I put write it so again it's a Nobody speaks for a minute, 30 seconds, two minutes, whatever you name. You ask the question, everyone has to write down the main points of the answer. Now, trainers, of course, use this all the time because they get to write it on post-it notes or sticky notes, and then you can stick it on the wall. And then you can the team can group up the thoughts. And that's that works really well. Again, it's another level of engagement. Um, it's got the the introverts now have had the time to the, you slow down the pace of meetings. The introverts have thought sometimes the very act of slowing it down means that the extroverts have added extra detail too. win win. Um, and then if you go for the full on spreading the bits of paper around the whiteboard thing, you've got another layer. You've got a bit of activity going on. So everyone's not just sitting down. We don't have to do that. Even just then going around the room and getting everyone to read out their points can make a difference and it, again it structures the meeting and that also plays well to the remote or the hybrid meeting thing because you can do levels of that for those so you could use something like google jamboard where you you all write your stuff up there you rearrange it um, people talk a lot about how wonderful the chat box is in in zoom meetings and all the rest of it i i'm not completely convinced by that if it's used sparingly i think you can do well but when it's just full of a random supply of junk jumble, it's rubbish. So I'd steer a little bit away from the chat box. I yeah. would suggest using using polls occasionally. Yeah, why well, I, I like those tips too. Yeah, I like those tips too. And the chat box thing, yes, it can be beneficial. And I I I'm one who I like to think through what I'm gonna say in a meeting. Um, I like to be able to articulate it well. And so having a chat option sometimes is quite nice um, because it allows me to actually write it out and, and, and really clarify what I'm thinking before I share it. That's not typically how I see the, the chat features used though. Most of the time, Absolutely. most of the time people are just saying random stuff. They're joking around, they're sharing memes, uh, whatever. And I, you know, I, I don't have a problem with levity in meetings. And if you want to share a funny meme in response to what's being talked about, eh, whatever, but that's, that's not like the that's not the the benefit of having the chat feature. So keep that in mind too, as as we're running these virtual or hybrid meetings. Some of the systems, like Adobe Connect, is a is a lovely system. But you can actually have different chat boxes running at the same time. So you can have your your background chatter, but then you can have one specifically on a certain question. So you can get the benefits of both. And the other one that I like to play, which again works well with hybrid is using something like Mentimeter. So it's a separate piece of software. Everyone can bring it up on their phone, mentimeter.com. And you ask the question, people put in one word answers or two word answers, and it creates a word cloud. So what you've then done, it's anonymous. So, and so you haven't got this, oh, he said that and he said that, but you end up with a cloud. So the big words are the ones that people said a lot, the small ones are a few people said, and you can explore that as a group. But again, it's, it's an extra piece of engagement, but the important piece is it allows the introverts to process and 
everyone can then see what they're going to focus on. So that, that can that can join together the hybrid meetings as well. Yeah, love it. I love it. Well, thank you, John. It has been a real pleasure talking with you. So many really great ideas and things to consider. Like we were discussing, you know, it's not rocket science. Like these are things that anyone can start doing right away, right now, make a very immediate, meaningful impact on your team dynamics, the quality of the work that's getting done, the productivity, um, creative thinking, et cetera. Uh, it's really something everyone should be doing. Uh, it's one of the first, like when I teach at the university, it's one of the first things I teach in a class. It doesn't really matter what class I'm teaching. If they're doing team-based um, work in the class, which many of the courses do, you know, we talk about effective team meetings because, you know, if you don't have effective team meetings, guess what? The team's probably going to be dysfunctional. <laughs> but when you have effective team meetings, that's like half the battle. Uh, and a lot of the other things start to resolve themselves. Well, John, thank you. Uh, before we close today, I did want to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can get connected with you, find out more about uh, what you're doing, and then just give us the final word on the topic for the day. Okay, thank you. So you can find me on LinkedIn, where I'm John Baker, that's J-O-N, or go to the website, which is introvertsinbusiness, one word, .co.uk. That's easy to get hold of me. And one final word, I would say exactly as you, you said, meetings are not, they're not rocket science. Don't try and create this perfect meeting because you never will, but just keep making little steps. And the one, one final one I, I throw in, which, which joins everybody together at the end of the meeting, is get everyone to score it out of five or out of 10, whatever number you choose. And everyone just has to pick a number and how good was the meeting. And what that we do it when we've been diving. How good was my diving? Oh, it was a seven today. We never question it unless it, they come in with a really low score, in which case what you then do is you focus and turn around and say, okay, Fred, what would have made the five become an eight? What one thing didn't work for you? Because now we're all learning from each other. And that I think is the final great thing about a team. If we can all learn together what works for each other, we're in a much, much better place. Yeah, amen. Well said. Thank you, John. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out more about what he can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. We are excited about the launch of HCI's new magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free interactive e-magazine designed to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We will be publishing issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Check out the first issue and let us know what you think. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.